0: You are now listening to the Why Is It Like That podcast, a mental health podcast where we discuss the crippling effects of stories of PTSD, anxiety, depression, and suicide. I'm your host, Trey Trevino, alongside your other host, Heath Garcia. We both suffer from PTSD, anxiety, and depression just like you. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the United States Navy and have seen first hand effects of mental health on our society and ask the question, why is it like that? We share your stories to provide freedom and comfort to the people of this world that there is hope, that there is peace, and that we will all be okay. Today we are discussing endurance, endurance through the rough patches in life, the low times, when there is no light at the end of the tunnel, the long haul. Today I posted an image on our social media of a person climbing the side of a steep mountain. It's not easy. Mental health is not a downhill battle. Everything is not always good. It ain't always gravy. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to endure and break free from those hard times. We're only human and can bear so much. But with that said, there's always someone, no matter what, that is willing to help, whether it's your family, your close friends, or even us. Today, I'd like to share some stuff of what's going on with me in relation to the topic of endurance. And it's pretty deep. But first, I'd like to start by taking a moment of silence for the ones we've lost to this mind battle, to our military that we have lost, and to the soldiers, sailors, marines, coasties, and airmen that are deployed in harm's way, away from their families, missing their child being born, birthdays, anniversaries, and even deaths of loved ones. Not what y'all been waiting for. The Why Is It Like That podcast. Let's get it. I said today's episode is going to be on endurance. Um, the long hill battle. The long hill and the long haul on how to get through stuff. This was a good topic that uh, Heath Garcia, my brother in arms right here, brought up at a group that he runs on uh, Sundays at the Living uh, Word Church here in Oak Harbor. So
1: as always, one of your hosts, Trey Trevino, we got... He's Garcia. Welcome to the broadcast. So Trey, you were talking about uh, before trials and tribulations. So of course, we're talking about endurance. As you know, whatever you go through in life, there's peaks and valleys. The peaks are the best moments in life, right? The easy times, the funs, the laughs, the you know, the, the memories you remember as a kid playing with your parents or, you know, but then you get into these events that just kick off this downward spiral and it seems like you can be down there for a long time. It's called the valley. So, Trey, what event kicked off this valley that you've been going through?
0: Let's see. And this is... Goes back to transparency. Got to be transparent on this one. So a while back, um, if you're in the military, you'll learn some of these terms. If not, I'll break them down for you. I got talked to and I was, I was told that I was going to be removed from my command to go TAD, which is temporary assigned duty to a different place because I was under investigation for something at the command. They didn't tell me what they didn't tell me why they said they couldn't talk about it. So I'd been there for about two months recently. And nothing. I didn't get no words. I didn't know what was going on. Finally, uh, an investigative officer came, talked to me, told me what it was about, and uh, I declined to speak due to the defense lawyers telling me to not say anything. And we moved the timeline up. And I know that I'm going to do captain's mass. So captain's mass is when you go see your commanding officer, you go see the man, and uh, judge, well, judge, jury, and executioner all in one. Right? Mm. Pretty much saying it right. All in one. And so that was today. Let me backtrack you. One day, yesterday, um, me and Melanie went and got scan results from uh, her oncologist, and they said, well, we got to pull you off the trial. She was on a clinical trial, and we got to pull you because one of your tumors in your liver is growing just a little bit, and you have a new one in your pancreas. So boom, after us doing this, you know, like I said, we ain't perfect. We're just like y'all, and that was a blow to us. And we try to stay in high spirits, but that meant they had to pull her from this clinical trial she was on. And now they're gonna to have to try a different course of action. That was yesterday. And then this morning I had to wake up and get ready for my captain's mask. Put on my uniform, got nice, got looking good. Um went there, put my head held high head held high. And if this was a year ago or something before, I would have been shaking my boots off. I would have been total mess. Right now, I would probably be drunk. I would have came from the captain's mass and just came straight for a bottle and tell Melanie, you know how I'm feeling right now. That didn't happen. I went to the mass, um, had to face my uh, peers and superiors in there, and um, the commanding officer recommended administrative separation from the Navy. That means he was administrative, separating me from the Navy. I have a place to voice myself in front of a board, so that doesn't happen. But that was another blow today. Um, and it's been really hitting me hard. And on top of that, this is significant. but uh, me and Melanie said, well, we had been looking forward to this concert that was going down in uh, Seattle tonight, uh, one of her favorite artists. And I said, we're going to go there. We're gonna we're, Everything that we have going on, we're just going to put it behind us. We're going to have a good time on our own. We'll go to the concert, have a good time. We'll have a midnight breakfast at IHOP or something stay the night and come back the next morning. Well, that guy's flight got canceled or it got canceled in Germany. Boom. Boom. But guess what? He's going to be in Portland, Oregon tomorrow. And we said, you know what? We're going to go see him. Good. Why not? Let's do it. <clears throat> but that's that endurance. Like, you got to push through these things. It can't bring you down. And it's hard not to. We're only human. When I got the first blow of, like, you're leaving the command, I was in a totally different spot. I was done. Today, when I faced it head on at about three months, to dwell on it. And I came out, I paid for my <laughs> price, met my maker, did what I had to do. And I'm going to go with the next step with Melanie stuff. It's hard to not be brought down, especially for her. I saw it in her. I saw it in her last night, saw it in this morning and throughout the day. It's just that face of no hope, but I tell her, let's try to stay positive. But who am I? I don't have cancer. It's not, a f- it's affected me, but not directly like affects her. And I mean, I'm talking to people that have cancer or have illnesses, and you think you don't have it. You don't think you have a road to go on anymore. You are so human, and you have every right to feel the way you're going to feel. But just my advice is just to push on. So with me, I think I did a good job. I'd like to pat myself on the back today that I pushed through and I had the endurance to not let this thing bring me down. We have this podcast today. Let's do it. I told Heath, hey, the concert got canceled. Let's podcast today. Yep. Got it down. So I'll let
1: Heath take it from there. Hey, well, <clears throat> thanks, Trey. So, what's up, everybody? What's up? So, it's good to be back. Good to be out here talking to you guys uh, for sure. Um, and, and a very important thing that I think that is a topic of discussion and a great healing tool. All right. And that is the path of enduring the storm. That's what I'm going to call it the path of enduring the storm. So, there's an initial kickoff event for Trey. That was the investigation, right? Well, we can go back before that. How long has Melanie been dealing with cancer?
0: She was diagnosed in 2013. 2013. And that's when we were here and it has progressively,
1: right. And that's been 6 years of an enduring battle right there, right? Then you, you know, then when you just think it's it's enough, boom. The investigation pops off, right? And and I I heard you know what you talked about, um, and why it was happening. You know what I mean? And to me, it's silly. To me, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, not everything we do is meant in malice. And the way things happen these days, it's you know the higher higher position you get. I'll talk right here. Is that I have to get on him to speak I directly to the mic. So <laughs> I'm all over the place uh, when I talk. But um, to me, it was it was some silly. Stuff that that could have probably been handled at a lot lower level, you know what I mean? But this is the way the Navy's going. So I'm not here to slander or talk bad about the Navy, anybody like that. Obviously, we're not doing that. We're just we're just trying to say the Navy's in a in a change. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's fine. You know, it's, it's 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 always getting better. Things are always getting better in the Navy. You know what I mean? And, and hey, to each his own. But now we're here where we're at, right? So it's always a, a initial kickoff event, just like that cloud. You see those clouds coming over the horizon, you know the storm's coming. All right, you might be on that peak. You know what I mean? Where where you see everything is just gravy, everything's good, and then all of a sudden that traumatic event happens. Boom,
0: boom, <laughs> or a Hispanic say sass sass.
1: Um, for me, it was the same type of it was the same type of thing. You know, it wasn't. I mean the traumatic event was the shooting. That was, that was what really threw everything into high gear. But from that point forward, it was almost like God touched me on my shoulder like this and said, all right, here we go. You ready for the ride? You know what I mean? And I was just like, Oh boy. All right. Um, my wife and I, I mean, just like Melanie and Trey, uh, as couples, you know, we try to endure together and there's, there's parts of it. I'll be honest with you that, um, that tear apart our hearts. You know what I mean? Through the, through the event on my side, her side, Trey's side, Melanie's side. Um, And you at home listening, you know, your side, your spouse's side, even your family, you know? And after the shooting, I thought, okay, I'm starting to heal up. Things are going to start getting easier. You know what I mean? And I just got to concentrate on, on walking, right? Getting, getting back on my feet. Um,
0: This dude was doing jujitsu with his leg all busted up. I remember he's on his knees cause he can't walk. He's like, let's roll BJ. Let's roll Trey. I'm like, man, this dude, you gotta, I'm going to hit his leg. And he's over there putting me in and holding stuff. I'm
1: sorry. I just had to put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, we didn't want to videotape that stuff. That's, that, was, that wouldn't look pretty, but, um, so I thought it was going to get easier. I was like, all right, now it's the uphill climb of healing, but that wasn't the only uphill climb that I was about to face. Um, You know, I've talked about it before, but, and I won't get into too much detail, uh, obviously for, for certain reasons, but, um, it was almost like the cold shoulder got thrown at me and I got face checked by it. I was alienated, put into a, I, I call it a broom closet, but it was a giant room, bunch of computers. And I just happened to be the only clown in there. Makes sense. And as a chief petty officer, as a manager, a senior manager for civilians, if you guys don't know what a chief petty officer does, for a senior manager to have no control over any of his people, his work environment, his shop, or his, you know, what he does, pretty much his store or whatever, if you want to think about that, that is like a punch in the face because that's what you've, that's what you're used to doing. You know, for a guy like me with 18 years in, And trade with 11, I mean, that's that's, that's what you know for that amount of time and for everything just to be taken from you. And for what? I mean, yeah, I get it. You know, I get the investigation had to happen for legal reasons. We all know that. You know, there has to be protocol in place. There has to be investigations completed, et cetera, et cetera, to make sure that everything happens in the best interest of all parties involved. The Navy, you know, the police department, my buddy's family, me you know? And, um, I'm, I'm good with that, but here's the, here's the hiccup. They had me literally sitting there for seven months, Trey, seven months with no interaction. I couldn't talk to any chiefs. All the chiefs were told, check this shit out. And I heard this from a chief himself and I I won't put his name out there. You know what I mean? But he's God bless his soul. He is retired. He is doing good things. He hits me up all the time. He moved out of state. He doesn't even keep in contact with the military no more because he knows how, you know what I mean, how it was going out the door for him. And he's just like, brother, I'm sorry that I had to not talk to you, but we were instructed not to talk to you, to be straight up honest. Nobody was allowed to be in contact with you. And for for anybody, especially civilians out there, right, and military members alike. When you're told that and you're walking around and nobody wants to talk to you, that is the worst feeling in the world. We talk about suicide prevention and suicide, such a hard topic. I'm telling you right now, I've never been so suicidal in my entire life than in those seven months. And I talked about my, my previous attempt. You know what I mean? At, at the, at the hand of, of a gun on our last suicide episode, but I'm just talking straight out. Like I legit, had those thoughts again and they weren't going away and it was stronger than ever. And the only thing I could think about was the guilt of if I did it, who I was leaving behind, what kind of catastrophe, you know, catastrophic type of stuff would happen or just the stigma. You know, I, I didn't want my, that's one thing you got to think about, you know, the guilt of it is like, dang, you know, bam, I do it. Right. And my wife's got to go to work. Everybody's looking at her like, damn, or you're the you're the yeah, you're the you're the chick woman. that yeah. You're the chick that his her husband blew his head off, you know what I mean? And then your kids, you know, you think about your kids going to school, ah oh, yeah, your dad killed himself, you know what I mean? Then crap like that. Well, and it's a it's a sad
0: thing, but the legacy it leaves behind for your name. Oh yeah, terrible. That's all people remember. Yeah. Not everybody, but I'm just saying like people that like the people that know you deeply, that's not what they're gonna remember. But the people that know of your name. Or like see you in passing or anything like that. That's the legacy that gets left behind.
1: Yep. So I think that's what, you know what I mean? And the goodness in my life that I had going on for me is what kept me away from it. But I went through a lot. I mean, that investigation lasted for seven months. Found not guilty. After, so I could could tell you all this stuff, right? Commanding officer tried his hardest. He set me up. I mean, the dude set me up clean. He didn't do NJP because he knew with NJP, which is non judicial punishment that, for that's what I had to do. Right. That he knew that he couldn't take a rank. You know what I mean? He couldn't separate anything like that. So what did he do? He set me up for summary court martial. And for you guys that don't know what summary court martial is, it's a trial. However, picture a trial with no judge, but a regular person. You know, it might be a, a, a blue collar worker. You know what I mean? High up on the pecking order. So it's, uh,
0: it's so in that one, it's not a military judge.
1: No, it's a, it's a military okay. line officer.
0: But not a JAG. But dog. not a
1: JAG. So he has no legal experience. It's pretty much like a glorified captain's mask with a line officer that can bust you down at that point and take your rank from you. So they set me up. Oh, and then here's the kicker too, right? So... And we're talking about a valley here. So I'm just kind of going through a little bit so you can kind of understand what I mean by a valley of just nothing but repetitive bad crap that just keeps happening to you, right? You don't get a jury. The line officer makes the decision on if you're guilty or not. And you don't even get a lawyer in your corner to talk to you. So you're pretty much proving your own case against somebody that has no judicial power or experience. I took the case file. The captain announced that I was going to summary court marshal in three days from when I had to sign the paperwork.
0: That's a lot of time to prep, isn't it?
1: Three days. Luckily, God had to be with me because I called the uh, DSO, which is a defense attorney down in a, a totally separate area. And he said, you know what? That is totally not right at all. Let me make a phone call. I'll call you right back. And he called me back within 15 minutes. He said, all right, I got it pushed back an extra three days. So you have six days to prep. He said, send me your file. So I did. And he gave me some key pointers to look at, you know, and I still had to scrub all the paperwork. I had to, I had to present my case against the charges. Well, I did. The day came, I went in there and by the grace of God, he just dissolved everything. I wasn't guilty of nothing. And I that's walked. Good. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And I walked out of there and I was like, okay, so we talk about the valley. I was like, ah, oh, that's
0: done. And that's that's Heath coming over here or uh, going up to this this uh court martial, having to prove his innocence for doing what they tell us to do and doing what's in your heart, and is to go save a brother, to go help a friend in need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That
0: just blows me away. And I know a lot of people that know your story here, it boggles their mind as well.
1: Oh, it still boggles people's minds and my mind every day. Um, So that's that sigh of relief that comes over. You're like, "Ah, all right, now I can move past it. It's like you're dropping a pack. You know what I mean? Just to pick up another one, because as soon as I get back, guess what? Now the CEO, he still puts me in a different broom closet. He doesn't let me go back. You know, he started giving me a bunch of crap about working back at uh, security because all of a sudden people had divided feelings um about the situation that I was in and so to protect their feelings you know what I mean I wasn't allowed to go back to my shop if that made sense they gave me the opportunity to but here's the deal so the captain in the meantime and this is all happening at one time um announces that yeah we're gonna try to to take his MOS which is pretty much take my job qualification from me Strip my badge, my my police officer badge. So you can't be a cop anymore. Right. Um, And that would have totally screwed my career because then I wouldn't be promotable, obviously. You know what I mean?
0: You'd have to start from the bottom on a whole new rating, new job. job. Yeah.
1: So um, I go to security, right? I'm kind of like, all right, well, SEAL's there. These guys are going to take care of me. So, I mean, why not? You know? that's that's my mess those are my brothers you know that that supposedly got my back and i go in there and again that sigh of relief like you know i'm 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 back in the walls clean slate yeah they're like yeah i need to talk to you you know come in the conference room so i sit there on one side of the table and all the other chiefs on the other side of the table and For us in the military, what that means, if you're on one side of the table and everybody else is on the other side of the table, that means you're pretty much on the spot. One way
0: conversation. One way
1: conversation. And I'm sitting there and I just remember some of the words. I mean, I'm not going to go directly into into details about what was said at that table, you know, because um, that's just not who I am. I'm not going to blast everybody, you know what I mean, too much on this on this thing for for their sake, you know. But when you're being told that, you know we don't, we don't trust you. Um, we're going to let you run with what you got. You know, we're going to bring you back into security, but you're going to be under uh, direct supervision. And as a chief, when they say you're going to be under direct supervision, that's pretty much like saying you're not a chief. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be working like, like a uh, not alongside them, you know, like we're supposed to be, but under them. And not that I have a problem with working for anybody, but that's again, that's another slap in the face because I've always done my job and done it well for 18 years. I've never had NJP. I've never had any type of incident doing nothing. I've got found not guilty. You know what I mean? Of anything that I've done. And for them to say that I walked out of there and I was just like, I went back to, uh, the, uh, my senior, uh, manager, you know what I mean? And I was, again, I won't say names. um, But this dude, I told him, I told him straight up, I said, I'm not going back. And he looked at me and said, what do you mean? We already said, you know, scheduled you to go back. And I'm like, no, I'm not going back. I'm not going to go work with a bunch of guys that can't pull their head out their ass and see that what I did was noble cause and not guilty of any type of crime.
0: And they they didn't, so they didn't even give you the time of day. They didn't give you a chance.
1: No. So that was that. So, I, I mean, and this is all... Going on in a year, you know what I mean. So we're looking at like eight, nine months now. Still going through BS with my leg. I'm in and out of the hospital. I mean, I had issues with with the healing of the back where my Achilles was, you know, on my tendons um, with skin grafts and things. So I have to go. I had to go back in for another skin graft. You know what I mean? Just the repetitious crap of having to dress it every day. You know, can't shower, can't do this, can't even walk right. You know. Um, plus the embarrassment of not being able to work in your own rate, you know, and you're still having to, to prove that to everybody. It's like, you feel alone, you know, I was scared and I was, I was pretty lonely, you know, M- my anxiety was through the roof. I mean, I was losing years on my life, <laughs> if that makes sense. Cause I was so just worried about everything, you know? And so I started doing some things to try to cope. And that was what we were talking about with jujitsu, right? And that seemed like a way out of it. And believe me, I love I love getting on the mats and rolling at Wakazashi. You know what I mean? Those guys over there are a family. They always treated me like a family. And I just, I love training with them. You know, those are my people um, for sure. And I just remember I went and I was rolling. And I like, like Trey said, I was crawling on the mats. I couldn't walk. I, you know what I mean? And I contracted some type of a... a, a, a Staph infection because of, you know, probably some sweat or something that got got into my cut. And then I have a ton of metal in my leg. So according to the doctors, you know, the bacteria will latch on to metal or objects like that. That doesn't get a lot of blood flow and that's where it multiplies. So I just remember from one day to the next, it's like I had my leg swelled up. I couldn't walk again. You know what I mean? Like it was really bad. I had to go to the hospital. I spent another week. So there I went down again, had to get, I mean, my whole flap cut open, cleaned out meds for three months i was on uh injectable iv med like i had a legit peg in my arm where i had to inject twice a day liquid antibiotics and then i had to take pills and this lasted for four months i, I still haven't returned to to jiu-jitsu because of the fear of that you know what i mean I, it, and, and also because i wanted to make sure that i was good uh like healed up wise skin and all that stuff you know but i It's just, that was one of the coping things. It's just like, so I guess not trying to drag it on and on and on, but it was just like one blow after the next, boom, 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 boom. And it's like trying to swim in a storm, man. You know, it's like you take this breath of air, you're like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden right into, right into under the water again. And now you're holding your breath and you're wondering, you're looking at the surface of this water and it's not getting any lower. So you can get to the surface to take that breath again, you know? You can't get back to that peak.
0: Yeah, sometimes you can't even feel like or like you're finally there, you know what I'm saying? And your lips can maybe you get a little bit of that air and you back down, drowned, gone. I can't I mean I spoke on what happened recently, but yes, Melanie's had cancer since twenty thirteen and it's it's been like this. Like good news, bad news, good news, bad news, good news, bad news. And along with that, I know what's affecting Melanie directly, but with me. I would ride that whenever it came to my emotions or what I would cope with or the bad shit that I would use for that. And it would just, I could never push. The only thing that would give me that push to, to get back to the top of the hill was just like a good news. It wasn't myself. It wasn't looking into myself and being like, look, I gotta, I gotta face what I'm doing right now. Not talking about my cheese ball and like, I'm going to be tough. I'm going to do it on my own because there's a lot of times and we've spoken on this, how, how that happens, but only until recently, like I said, I've been able to look deep inside and really just help myself. Yesterday, Melanie's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you don't even look like you're sad. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I know what's, I know what's, what it looks like and what can happen, but we have to maintain a positive attitude no matter what, no matter what. And then Today, again, she was looking down just because of yesterday and then, the, you know, the mass today. And I told her, I understand. And it's this is my fault on that end. I said, well, we got to stay positive. We got to live in the moment and enjoy what we have today. She's like, man, I don't know what kind of happy pills you're on or what. She's like, but I don't know how you're keeping a straight face. This, I, don't, I don't even know who this person is. I would have known. I would have been down in the dumps like crazy. My parents are on here looking my mentors around here viewing also, and they can attest to that. Like, and to see people tell you that you look different, man. Like I went to, uh, you know, knowing Jose cafe, shout out in town, <laughs> best Manulo in town. That's for free right there. Um, <laughs> I wanted to go eat and the, the owner Jose, he's a real good dude. He's, he's like one of the most interactive owners with the people. And, uh, I asked the waitress, I like, hey, where's so sad. And, uh, she's like in the back. So I went to the back, gave him some love. Hey, what's good on me? And he's like, Hey man, you look good, man. I'm like, What do you mean? He's like, I don't know, man. I just could tell you look like you were in a bad spot when you would come before, her. and like today you just you look different. I'm like, thanks, man. That's good. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. And then my hypnotherapist, uh, I hadn't seen her in two weeks because she had to go to San Antonio, and I saw her last week, and she's like, you look different. Like these people are just like you look different, and That's it's good. all in the
1: eyes. I know it's all in the eyes. Like, well, think about it. It's like, like I said, you're carrying a pack, and for anybody that's carried a heavy pack, you're going up to, and, and and just picture it trying like that, like that picture you posted earlier of the of the, uh, the hiker going up the mountain. You know what I mean? You got this heavy pack and you're trying to walk up this mountain and it starts getting hard, man. You know what I mean? You get tired. You get, it's like you're, you're, everything that's in you starts to get drained and you have to carry it on. You have to carry it through, you know?
0: Um, shout out to Johnny Haynes. He was our guest last week. We got a lot of good feedback on, on our last episode. He's tuning in right now. If you have any questions for him, just comment on there.
1: Yeah. Hey, Johnny. Um. So that was the Valley. Now for me to turn this whole thing around, I mean, I dude, there was times where I'd ride, I kid you not, because my wife's my caregiver and um, she took me, right? She would take me to the hospital on my truck. And I remember I couldn't sit in the front. I had to be in the back cuz I had to keep my leg straight. You know what I mean? Cuz of the braces and stuff I had on it. And I remember I'd be just dri- like she'd be driving me and bro, I'd be like she wouldn't hear me but I'd be like bawling my ass off in the back seat cuz I felt so crippled, man. I felt so mentally just destroyed. You know what I mean? And and I had so much anger in me. You know, it's just like I wasn't who I was supposed to be, you know? And that peak started to happen The moment I started being transparent with myself and not saying that I came all out and just, you know, it took a lot. It took counseling at first, you know, working some CPT stuff with uh, my psychotherapist, you know what I mean, for my my PTSD doctor. Um, After that, it's just, it started to climb a little bit, but I wasn't getting out of the hole yet. And then what really kicked into high gear was when I went to inpatient, I started doing the EMDR stuff, but Um, again, we're looking at another six to eight months, just regular therapy. Then inpatient was two months. This whole process took about two years and I'm still not done with it yet. You know what I mean? But today there's no more shame. I'm transparent about my problems, about what I feel. You know what I mean? My wife and I's relationship has definitely improved. It's not perfect because I don't think anybody's is, but as far as, our communication and things like that. Yeah. We have a little bit to work on, but it's getting way much, much better. I think it's, it's mainly taken the part with me to get it worked out. If that makes sense. Like she's there and she communicates how I reciprocate. You know what I mean? So if I, if I give her the, if I give her the transparent information that, that she needs to hear, she'll give me that support that I'm looking for, you know? So just things like that. But through this whole process of even like during the podcast startup and stuff like that, these are all ways that I've helped climb this mountain. And so we're talking about this topic in our church group and living word, um, with the, uh, um, no problem with the, uh, topic of enduring the storm. Right. And for you know for those that attend and that are listening in tonight um thank you all for for being there in the group um, and making it what it is um it's a it's a trauma group so everybody's welcome to attend and I've just the last episode by itself I learned like so much stuff about the people in that room uh, it was humbling it was almost you know in a sense it was almost it was spiritual and it was almost magical, you know, and that's how I feel about it. But we started talking about key points and I made a, I, I made up a, a kind of like a round robin discussion. And we talked about a moment that we had for endurance, like just, it didn't have to be anything traumatic. It could have been like sporting event, uh, anything like that, that, just tested their endurance and what they were feeling in the middle of it and what they felt afterwards. And I re, I rationalized it with my own story that I just told you inside. And I also told them about an experience I had in training, um, pre MA back when I was sitting in a bunch of cold salt water. You know what I mean? <laughs> trying to, trying to be a seal the buds drop out, hmm. but I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was telling them the story of, of sitting on the surf and the water in San Diego is cold, freezing. And you're sitting there, and they make you sing songs, and they and they the instructors are very cordial, which is scary because they talk real real quiet, but they get in your head and they start picking at you, and your own mind is what defeats you in buds. That's the whole test is of the mind, you know.
0: That sounds like a in real life when we face stuff. Oh yeah, our own
1: mind is what uh, what defeats you. Yeah. So I remember the the moment in the middle where. My hands, I couldn't feel them. You know, I couldn't feel my, my, I mean, my whole body was just cold. I was in utter cold. And something came over me in the middle of that. And I suddenly, it was like a voice that says, just hold on. You know, like, like, and just take, just get through it. You can do it. You can get through this. And at that moment, that water, the temperatures just seemed to disappear. It's like, it was like a instant second, you know what I mean? Of relief but then I'd feel it. And then another instant second of relief. And before I knew it, we were out of the water, you know, to the next evolution, but we were out of the water. Um, and the bell didn't get wrong. You know what I mean? When I shared with them that story and I told them how I felt after, you know, then they started sharing their stories. We all came to some pretty similar conclusions about what we feel in that valley in the peak. Right. Right it's like we're incredibly proud amazing you know what I mean we f- that's how we feel and we go into this valley of self-defeat and the feelings of your mutual in the room was scared alone lonely anxious their world falls apart everything is just impacting you know and it's not pretty and it's hard sometimes there's no end in sight um but that whole process, It changes who we are because when you do get to that peak again, the key consensus is that now you're refined. The question is though, how bad do you want it? Yes. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to make your life better? How bad do you want to make those around you better? How bad do you want to be inspiring to the next person that's got to go through your battle? Um, as we talked, I I told him, you know, and, 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 My class is a very spiritual class. It's at a church. So um, I put scripture into it and I compared it to the walk, Jesus' walk when he had to carry that cross. A challenge of endurance is like carrying that cross, right? Because the significant incident that happened to Jesus at that time was he was flogged and beaten, right? And he was sentenced to die, be crucified. That was the event, okay, that spurred. The walk of endurance right but you see jesus walking with this cross and what happens to him several times is he falls down during that walk the first time he falls down he's whipped and whipped harder and for what i'm trying to refer this to is once that incident happens to you or that trauma happens to you you're going to continue to get whipped and beaten that's what it's going to feel like because there's so many other things that happen in the same time that sometimes it feels like that, but he got back up on his feet and he continued to walk. Now, the second time he fell, Simon came to his, to his side, right? After he was totally called out of the crowd and he came out and he helped pick that cross up. And with Simon's help, they got to Calvary where Jesus ultimately was crucified for our sins. Right? so, that's another key point that I wanted to bring it to is that Simon stepped in and helped with that cross. Now, if you look at that as today, when we're in our most drastic moment of need, somebody always steps in and carry helps you carry that cross. Who's your Simon, right? Who steps in to help you carry that load? For me, looking back, there was many people put in my path that you Know and I'm a very spiritual man, so there's a very there's a lot of people put in my path to help me through it. Um, Matt Evans, he was put in my path to help me through it. Very good brother of mine, now you know. My wife has always been there to help me through it. Um, all my family over at Wakazashi Jiu Jitsu, every one of those guys impacted me in a certain way to keep my head up to get through it. I mean, it goes down to even doctors and psychiatrists and nurses just the things that they would say. I remember a nurse. Not, he wasn't even a nurse. Check this out. He was just a guy that, that that had a mop and he would clean the rooms. He'd sanitize the rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this dude, I don't know what it was about him, bro. But he walked into my room one day and it was almost like the guy knew me. And he's like, you're going to walk out of this hospital. I'm like, you know what I mean? me and, and my dad was there. And my dad <laughs> was like, it's like, well, he's like, no, I'm an angel. And I'm telling you that you're going to walk. And I was like, Okay. Things just got really weird, real fast, right? But who's to say that? I mean, look at me; I'm walking.
0: That it wasn't anything. To say that,
1: <laughs> right? So, who's your Simon? You know what I mean? There's plenty of people that are going to step up and help you carry that cross. And then I'm going to tell you this: there are the snakes, and there are the there are the ones out there that that don't want to help you. And it might sound cliche, what I was telling my group, but you remember the movie, uh, The Passion of the Christ with Mel Gibson, when Jesus is is walking to Calvary and he's carrying that cross and you see Satan on the side walking parallel with him and he's just laughing at him the whole time. And it's like that, that's that moment in the valley where you're self-defeating yourself. That's how I, that's how I thought about that. It was like, He's sitting there laughing at him the whole time. That's what we do to ourselves. We laugh at ourselves the whole time or we'll, we'll, we'll talk so down about ourselves in our own mind that guess what we either give up, you know what I mean? And, and we don't complete that trial or it just makes us stronger. For me, there's a lot of people that I real quick learned were not ever supposed to be in my life. Got to cut those cords. Yep, but now I'm talking to you and I'm telling you my story. And Trey's talking to you and telling me his story. And the part about it is, this is what helps. This is what helps you guys back home right now or listening in. This is what helps you during that valley that you're in. I'd really like to see comments come in, you know, and 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 see if we can answer questions or or see if we could talk uh, uh, anything or answer any more questions from us. You know what I mean? Give us your your take on endurance.
0: Yeah. Why is it hard? Why is it hard to endure the pain? Yeah. What, are the, what
1: makes, you know, is there certain things out there that, that you went through personally that we're not maybe thinking about that, that we can tie into this discussion?
0: Think of some questions right now. We're going to take a five minute break right quick. Think of, uh, collect your thoughts on endurance and just hearing what our story was. We'll take a quick five minute break. Post those questions. We'll put them together, and then we'll do a little Q&A right now. Sounds good. All righty. All right, guys, we're back from our break. Appreciate giving us that a little bit of time. Got to re-up the coffee, get some water, get the juices flowing again. Right. So we had um Saul. Saul, but Johnny Haynes give us another shout. Let me pull him up right quick. There we go. Johnny Haynes said, one word, faith, that things will get better, even when you can't see it. Without my little bit of faith. I never would have made it through it, through what I did. And y'all heard his story last week on what he did. Well, it was just that faith, that little bit of faith, that little bit of what is in you to get through it. And I'd like to address something. Also, I, I've gotten a, an email from, uh, I don't know if I told you this, last week when we were saying um, don't do it, you know, when it comes to suicide, it, it shouldn't be like, I'm not going to do it because of my family. I'm not going to do that. You should find one where you should find something in yourself to not do it. Um, I got an email saying, well, what if that's their last string of hope to not commit suicide is just to thing of their family. So we weren't saying necessarily don't do that. We were, I guess, more trying to go of find something in yourself. You have to find value within yourself as well. If that's the last string you have, by all means, anything, anything you have to hold on to, let that be. So we got a question. You got the question on your phone or you want me to read it from here? You can read it right there. All right, it's uh, Saul Gomez. He said, uh, "Heath Garcia, longtime brother. Question: What aspect of self do you find the most challenging with maintaining a balance between everyday life and the mental health aspects that affect it? For instance, I struggle the most with body language and facial expressions, especially in the capacity I've been positioned in. I have to make the extra effort to be mindful of my nonverbal communication."
1: Well, thanks, Saul. That's a really, really good question. And uh, I'm glad to, to see you're doing good. I know that uh, your battle, just what you shared with uh, me uh, in our group when you came down, uh, was pretty inspirational and pretty humbling. And uh, I'm glad you're doing good, bro. It sounds like it anyway. And if you're not, well, you know where to reach out to. Um, so for me, my sense of self, the most, the hardest thing I have to struggle with, I'm going to tell you right now, is when I talk to people. I always have it in the back of my mind that they're going to screw me. Does that make sense?
0: It totally does. That trust aspect. I've
1: lost trust before it's even gained by the, you know what I mean? It's like I already distrust a person before it's even gained. And, uh, luckily I caught myself, you know what I mean? When I went to that, uh, treatment program and that was one of my, my big deals. I mean, and that's a part of why I would isolate and stuff like that. um, But I think the, the, when I recognized it, the best way I could control it was to just not, it's hard to say it like this, but just not give into it. I had to legitimately sit there and self-talk my way out of not trusting somebody. You know what I mean? I had to be like, okay, I don't trust this person right in the back of my head. I don't trust this person, but why don't you trust them? You know, they're just trying to help you. This is what they're here for. They're not here for any other thing. You know what I mean? They're not trying to gather some, some information on you or something like that to, to go and bring back to your, you know, your command or whatever to, to try to get you in trouble or they're not, you know what I mean? So it was a lot of positive self talk that I had to do, a lot of breathing. I learned a lot of breathing exercises and journaling, writing. And then I, I always refer to it as a third person, but I'd have my little spot eye out here. And whenever I, you know, it's like you have to constantly practice that too. So like you have to look at yourself from a third person point of view and just practice that and see how am I doing, you know, from the outside looking in and just picture yourself. You know what I mean? It's like that third eye in the back of you that just kind of watches out for yourself. Um, That's how I've been able to manage. Does that work all the time? Eh, Sometimes it is. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes things fall apart. But I end up picking it back up and rolling with it. Does that make sense? Um, what about you, Trey? I'm sure you got some type of, you know what I mean?
0: Um, well, see, people tell me I got this resting asshole face. And I don't try to do it. It's just, it's just there. I might just be concentrating on something or delving into something deep in my mind. Mm. And for self... I like to think I'm a humble person. I like to think so. I hope I am. That's a big thing to me. But
1: that's a hard one. It is. That's a hard one for me right now. I'll tell you another thing, too, is I talk really loud. And that's, it's almost commanding loud. Like, I'll say something like really mellow, or at least I think it's mellow. And, you know, even my kids will tell me, Dad, why are you you yelling? I'm like, but I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: nonverbal, <laughs> non-verbal communication is huge because Melanie knows like if I'm upset these jaws just start looking like boulders on the side start clenching start clenching teeth. my teeth and I don't even yeah. mean to do it she's like oh something's bothering you I'm like no I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and they just and I'm just grinding up them teeth dude and like I said I had the resting asshole face and I ain't even trying to do it and like I remember the command like my my Ortiz, my shop those are my people and they're like, man, man, we love you, Chief, and this and that. They're like, but other people in the command, like, they're scared to come up and talk to you. I'm like, why? Because like, they say you look mean, like, you just want to get mad at them. I'm like, do you tell them to even, if they got to know me how I am? They're like, we tell them.
1: <laughs> I think that's that's a permanent thing with, with certain service members, you know what I mean? Especially the, the longer you have in and the more conflict you've seen. I think that, uh, I think that just happens naturally. You know, I think that's what they call the thousand yard stare. You know what I mean? You got guys from, from Vietnam probably can attest to that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, you could see it in somebody's eyes. I always say that. Well, I think that you can see it through their entire body language. Exactly what they've been through.
0: I firmly believe your, our eyes, well, they tell everything. Mm-hmm. Your eyes are like, and I'm not just talking like a philosophical mental thing. I'm talking about like physically. Your eyes will be bloodshot. You get them bags like I get usually under here. Like, your eyes cannot hide what no. is going on with you. Yeah, I mean, no. we want appreciate that song. That's a homie. We went through a season together. Ow. Got one from uh, Elgin, homeboy Elgin. Like he said, uh, I think focusing on the positive aspects in your life, even down to the little things, can help realign someone on the right track. Resilience depends on the state of mind.
1: Well, thanks, Elgin, for the comment. And let's talk about. Let's talk about resilience. What is resilience? You know what I mean? This peaks and valleys thing, getting through it. Yeah. Resilience. How much can you, how much crap can you legitimately take? <laughs> That's resilience. And, and not only how you can take it, but how you handle it while you're taking it. That makes sense? It
0: makes total sense. Like not
1: breaking, breaking all the way
0: down, being a boulder and then breaking down into pits of sand.
1: Right. So I think that that kind of complements the comment that you made and, and and exemplifies a little bit, Elgin, you know what I mean? Because you're right. Resilience is a state of mind, but resilience is a little bit, to me, a little bit more deeper because it depends on your state of mind um, in a sense of, is the situation new? Is it not? Is it intricate? Is it not? There's so many different aspects of something that contributes to your resilience of it. You know what I mean? It's like a, a guy going, I don't know, trying to bench press 225 pounds and he can only do it once or twice. Eventually your body is going to build up the resilience the more you go through it or the longer you go through it, you know, which is learning uh, to be able to do it more times than that. And eventually you'll get up to two, three sets of 12 or however many you're going to do. Right. Kind of like that principle on a physical level. So um, I hope that, Hope that complimented what you were trying to speak out about, Uh, Elgin. Thanks for the comment, too. Eric, my brother over in Bahrain, good morning to you, too. God bless you. Stay safe. Iranians are pricks. and You probably already know that. And not the good Iranians. I'm talking about the ones that are trying to cause trouble over there. So, and you know who those are. That's the last of the comments that we got right there. So, um, anything... That you want to add, Trey? Because I got a few more notes. Just push through. That, you know, with this endurance thing, you got to just push
0: through. And, and like I said, not talking in, a, I'm a tough, tough guy. I'm talking about look deep within yourself and your mind and know what you're going through. And no one, enough is enough. No one, you have to take that break. You can't shoulder the world on you. Nobody was meant for that to happen. It would, find, find your Simon. Find that somebody that will help you and pick you back up. And I'm not saying that's easy at all, because when I was going through a lot of stuff, I pushed people away. I pushed people away. I don't want to talk to them or nothing. The other day, before I went to my XOY, I called Heath and I said, Hey man, can you come over here? I want to express something to you. I didn't even told him through these podcasts. He didn't even know. Or well, maybe if the wives talked, they probably know. But I, I said, man, I, I need a, Vent to you something important, and I'd like you to pray for me. And whatever, he came over. We talked. He didn't give me no faces. He didn't chew my ass. He didn't. None of that. He heard me full out. Told me his opinion on it. We chit-chatted for a while. Let me let it out. Felt better. Prayed over me. Did some Catholic stuff and lit some candles. I'm not used to, but <laughs> um I still got him out there. But he did it. He, he was my assignment in that moment. And I called. I needed somebody that I could trust and do it. And at this point right now, if I'm here sharing all these things with y'all and I got this dude by my side while we're doing it together, that's what I'm a call. I know when uh, he's in a rut mm. pun intended, oh.
1: <laughs> he calls me too. <laughs> that was funny. Thanks for <laughs> pulling my ass out the ditch. Literally with the, with the truck. I yeah, appreciate it. Her name, her name big Bertha. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Um, so my final thoughts on endurance peaks and valleys. That's what we talked about. I want you to remember that you're at your peak when you're at your best, you're in your valley when you're at your worst and that valley can be extended uh, to a great length of time, or it could be very, very quick. It depends on the lesson that he himself upstairs wants us to learn when we're going through it. Uh, for my religious folks, including myself, I'm going to leave you a, f- a few words of wisdom from Jesus himself. Right. And his his disciples, we're going to go with John 16 verse 33. I have told you these things so that me, that in me, you may have peace in this world. You have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That is huge. Okay. He tells you how it is right there in this world. You will have trouble. Everybody has trouble. Even my phone agrees you Hear that. Um, but he has overcome it. Like I told you, he did that walk. He did that walk of endurance and he did it for you and I. So who are we to quit our walk of endurance when he puts us through a trial or a tribulation that uh, tests everything about us? You know what I mean? Because all it's going to do is make us refine. How bad do we want to be refined? That's the question you got to ask yourself. How good of a person do you really want to be at the end of it? Do you want to give up? I don't think you do. And when you really feel like giving up, because I think me and Trey here at this table have felt like giving up plenty of times. I know his wife's probably felt like giving up. I know my wife has probably felt like giving up on me. I know there's a lot of people out there right now that feel like giving up. I'll never give up on you. That's why we're doing this podcast. Jesus will never give up on you. That's why he carried that, that cross to Calvary and he died for you, for us on that cross, period, because he never gave, he never gave up on you. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 and 4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Remember that. we Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive. Reciprocate the comfort, reciprocate the help. God demonstrated it. Now we must walk it So reciprocate it. Help each other. Who's your Simon? Romans 8, 38 and 39. And this will be the last one i leave you with. Because like I said, I want all of you to get something out of this. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. And that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing, no pain, no amount of anything in this world will ever separate you from his love. Remember that he loves you. Remember that you have brothers and sisters out there. You have assignment out there that's got your six. Remember that there's somebody else out there going through the same type of pains or tribulations that you're going through. And that we must reciprocate it. We must reciprocate the help. We must reciprocate. When I went through Strong Hope, they asked me a question when I first got there. And they said, how do you feel about what happened with your command? And I told them, I said, you know what it felt like? It felt like we were running and gunning and everybody, I helped everybody over that wall. And I got pinned down in a firefight because nobody threw their hand over and picked me up. But when I left, that had changed. I felt like everybody there in that room picked me up. That's what we're here for. That's what that Simon's there for. Turn around and pick them up. You need to do the same thing for them. Don't forget your battle, buddy. Don't forget your brother out there. Don't forget your sister. Don't forget your loved one. Don't forget the people you don't know. Don't forget the homeless guy in the corner that might be sitting there that you see that you're probably like, oh, well, he's just probably scrounging for some change because he's lazy. No, sometimes people are in their own valley and sometimes they need help out of it. Don't judge those that don't need to be judged, including yourself. You're your worst advocate. Remember that. Fight for yourself. Find that little thing in yourself that Trey talked about that'll help you get through it and give you hope so you can be resilient and live your best life. Amen.
0: Yes, Sir. We appreciate it, guys. We uh, we thanks thank you all for tuning in. Um, every Tuesday we've been out here for the past, uh, what, four or five weeks? Yeah. Four weeks. Four weeks we've done the live streams, five podcasts, so we're getting there. We appreciate y'all's support. Um If you could just tell your friends, your buddies, anybody that's going through something, just tell them, shoot them our way. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and share your experience on any of these, let us know. We're going to be starting some series of series? some series. Yeah, your vocabulary tonight. I don't know, bro. Right come on. Um, <laughs> people really, get, it's, I mean, it sucks the way it says it, but people really liked us speaking on suicide because it's so deep. It's so deep, real, and raw. If you have any of those, we're going to make a series specifically towards that. We want to make another one on addiction and how we cope with addiction. Um, We have a bunch of uh, lineups. We keep saying they're coming through. Um, I have uh, Bees for Vets out of Nevada. They're going to be a show. They help uh, veterans and first responders dealing with PTSD through working with bees. I don't know the intricates of it, but we're going to talk to them and find out what it is. Maybe we have some out here about that. We're going to have a psychologist out of uh, Chicago. She's going to come on here and talk to us about her practice and somewhere halfway across the nation and see what they're doing about it, what they're seeing. Totally on the civilian side, not even military related at all. Um, we're going to have so.
1: Oh, and local. I'm going to try to call out somebody from Wakazashi. I think they're going to know who, who it is. Oh, do we share the same last name? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw the uh, name out there yet. I don't wanna, I don't wanna blast them, but I definitely want to come talk to you, brother, because I think that your story is paramount, and I think that what you've done to overcome it is the perfect demonstration of resilience and strength. And I think the world, at least locally, wherever this podcast travels, I think they need to hear about it. So I'm gonna come see you.
0: Yeah, well, we have uh, motivational speakers from Australia. They're gonna come on here. They have their own. It's a it's a husband and wife who do motivational speaking from PTSD, mental health, and everything else, and how you can get through it better. Because, like we said, we are no experts. We merely share our stories and share others for awareness. But we want to get some experts on here. We want to get some people that can talk to you about it. Um, uh, another Australian guy reached out to me. He was with the RAF, Royal Air Force. Air Force, and uh, he's gonna talk talk to us. And uh, he's a big entrepreneur now. He faced his challenges and everything being in the military. He's a big entrepreneur out there. Um, who else do we got? We got, I recently had somebody reach out to me on, a, on a email that he dealt with his anxiety and everything with a, with a porn addiction and it really crippled his. And I know we think about that and we kind of throw it off like, man, everybody watches porn, but there is an addiction with it. That's like an alcohol addiction, just like hurting yourself addiction. There's like, drugs and everything else. So yeah, we're porn, have-
1: p- porn destroys families and lives and marriages just like anything else. Well, so it is an addiction. Um, and this guy fought it. Yeah. I
0: sent you the email. He's going to, he'll be on the show as well. Um, so we have a lot of good stuff lined up. We just need to make sure everybody's calendars and everything. Some might not be live streams because you know, we, we do these on Tuesdays, but they'll definitely be on the podcast itself. Still working on the website. It's been a pain in the butt, but it'll be there. It'll be on why dot com. We have a little bit of it on there. If you want to go on there and check it out, give us some feedback. If you know how to work WordPress, if you're a WordPress pro and you would like to donate your time and volunteer and help us with this or guide us or guide me through it, please reach out to me on here and um, we can get that done. Um, we got a lot of big plans for this. Um, we, we thought this was just going to be some hobby that we did here and there, but the amount of outreach or not outreach the amount of support that we've received on this. Um,
1: it has How does spoke Trump to me. say that? Huge. Huge. It's huge. Huge, bro. <laughs> hey, um, also, our voice only goes as far as you guys carry it. So please carry our voice for us. Make sure that this stuff goes nationwide because there's so many people out there that suffer every day and every night that might just need to listen to something like this to get them out of the rut they're in, out of that valley. So please like, share push it to where it needs to go to check out our YouTube channel. Check out. Yeah. We just started the YouTube. We got all kinds of things lined up. Like Trey said, and the more, uh, interest that we get and stuff like that, the more push that we get or that we're able to have with it. You know what I mean? And we really, we really want to make an impact in people's lives. This is not a, it, you know, this is not for for fun or anything like that. This is some serious stuff that we are trying to do here. We're trying to make a movement against suicide, against PTSD, the stigma behind it, um, depression, anxiety. This is the war, the new war that we're facing in this country. And, uh, we need all hands on deck. So that means we need your voice too.
0: On any social media, if you want to get a hold of us, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all you got to look up is W I I L T podcast. I wanted to shorten it up. I didn't want to put, why is it like that podcast huge? So on any of those W I I L T podcast, please go on there, give us a subscription, follow, like whatever it is on there. And, um,
1: and if you'd like to donate, to to help any without with anything if it's time or whatever to make our podcast better or if you have any ideas things like that please reach out to trey trevino or myself uh so we can definitely incorporate it into what we're doing here
0: yeah we'll gladly accept anything any feedback you can give us so that looks like that's going to be it it's been a good podcast for today um we're going to go to that concert that we missed today um I'll be sharing it on our Instagram and everything else. Um, We appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, We'll see y'all next week. Appreciate it. (laughs) Peace. Peace.